So we're back, and unfortunately we're missing Craig, but we have got Steve, and uh, kind of some good news. So just the other day, out of uh, Texas AG, they've sued and got a stay on the uh, OSHA vax mandate. So it's not going anywhere at the moment, and I know that was something that was weighing super heavy on your mind, so any thoughts? Uh, well, so, so first off, one of the problems that you have with conservatives, right, is conservatives are, they, they, they feel stuff in their gut and then they react to it. And so you basically provide fodder to the New York Times and the rest of them when they turned around and said, oh my God, look, the, the, the lawsuits against the mandate are losing because it was crazy shit like, you know, Biden's possessed by Satan and some, I, there was something like that, like he was the Antichrist and there was, that was the lawsuit. Uh, the stuff that's real is the stuff that's coming in from the states. And I kind of expected this because they don't really have a basis. The federal government cannot, via executive order, go to an administrative organization and then say, go make a rule that does this, because that's straight up bypassing Congress. And that's what uh, the attorney general essentially accused them of doing, and they, they got, got that suit in. The biggest downside to me right now is that doesn't apply to federal contractors yet. They uh, that is just the okay. So that's just the OSHA deal. That's just the OSHA deal. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Basically, and that's that's essentially the one that's the strongest case. That that is the delegations clause. Now the that would set an excellent precedent. Says, an excellent precedent. It would. It would indeed. Right. So the delegations clause is something in the Constitution that says uh, the power of congress to make laws cannot just be handed over to the executive branch right congress still has to make a law the executive branch has to enforce it and uh the the executive branch can't make laws and the congressional branch can't enforce it right that's gotten a little bit blurry over the years mainly because congress is fucking lazy your representatives are terrible individuals who just basically want to take their paycheck and leave you out to, to swing in the sand. So what ends up happening is they uh, they go out, they get elected, they take huge salaries, and then do nothing. And then they offload everything to the executive branch, which is why the president has become, like, the big authority. Um, and so that's, that's getting to be a problem now because now we're running into cases where we have extreme tribalism. So you take a look at something like the uh, the last election cycle where it was very, very bad for Biden and his ilk. Mm -hmm. um, but they've decided that the, the, the real reason that they took heavy losses was because they couldn't execute their agenda. Meanwhile, ignoring the fact that they lost seats in the Congressional House and they only seem to have uh, you know picked up the Senate seats as a result of the campaign uh, associated with like Trump sitting there and calling everybody and saying, you know, the, the, the votes well, that, are fraudulent. Well, not so, only that, too. Also, you know, the kind of things that happened in Maricopa County and Atlanta. Whatever yeah. those things well, might I mean, be. If, uh, assuming, let's assume that, let's assume for the, the sake of this argument that the elections were 100% legit, right? I know some people might get mad, but let's just assume that that was the case. At the end of the day, the Democrats are still running along the lines that they have a mandate, and they lost seats. Like, it was a terrible—2020 
not including 2021. 2020 was a terrible election year for Democrats. About the only thing that got this them without anything e- at and- all was the fact that nobody liked Trump. Well, and this is using their own numbers without even using true numbers, in yes. which case it's another matter entirely, which uh, we can't discuss. Yes. <laughs> ah, good but times. That's, that's kind of the point is, is that if you actually sit down and you look at it, they, uh, they, they didn't do very well in 2020. They did abysmally bad in 2021. And their response. And they did kind of shit in 2018, because... too, if we're being honest. Yep. Yep. I, I mean, the reality is that uh, what what ended up happening in 2020 is that Trump pissed a lot of people off. He was mouthy. He was uh, like, I guess, I guess, how do you put it? He uh, he did his mean tweets. Right. And there's a lot of people who believe very firmly. And it's one of the reasons I've actually experienced this. So, so I told you all about my my YouTube video with 27,000 views or whatever ridiculous number it has. It has 44% dislikes. And you want to know what that's because? It's because I cuss. <laughs> that's it. Somehow, it's got 20-something thousand views. And of that, it's got uh, 44% dislike ratio or whatever, right? Uh, or 44%, only 44% thumbs up and the rest is because I cuss. So when you speak shittily, as I'm doing now here, because it's late at night and I'm drunk and I don't fucking care, um, there are people who take offense to that. And especially the higher up you go in the food chain. So you get into the president level and you're supposed to act like a president. We well, don't those, wow, that shit sounds fucking dumb. It does. Those people can eat a dick. They can eat a dick, but at the same time, there's a lot of them and they're old and it's, you know, it's kind of a shame. But that's that's the reality. Maybe they should go take a, a brilliant, like... inspiring course like liberating mathematics. Indeed, indeed, and uh, well, what a segue, sir! Welcome to the show for one and for two. This was something that uh, you were also wanting to talk about. I, I must have felt this pull me from the fucking void <clears throat> because so, I didn't uh... realize that we have a, a daring critique of traditional mathematics and reimagining of mathematics culture. Oh my god! Oh, and this is limited to first year students. Well, you got to get them early. I get them all young. You know, it, it's 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 really truly a shame. And and we talked uh, we were talking quite a bit about the, the the show beforehand. There are revisions to mathematics that I think could be done, right? I I don't I do not like how mathematics is taught in this very stodgy manner. And it's not very much, uh, it's well, not applicable. We covered this like before. Most of the math, yeah. Most, Lockhart's most math Lament. You get Everybody should read Lockhart's Lament. Yes, yes, they should. That is a, a fantastic essay. But it's exactly. anybody who gets to a certain level of mathematics always walks away with the same impression. They're like, what the fuck did these people do? Why didn't we learn actual practical applications for mathematics until we got into, you know, third-year college courses, right? You have to be pretty committed to, you know, the fact that somebody's pulling the wool over your eyes and then be like, well, I've gotten this far, and, oh, here's what we actually use this shit for. Very well, annoying. You know, I, I mean, sure, you can just have kids in shop class in fucking elementary school. 
Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely I, good. I, you know, I would, I would love to see shop taught by math teachers and engineers. Yeah. That would be excellent. It's, it's a simple thing. Like, if you get, for instance, say you have, um, you want to make a piece of wood that is the root of three long uh, of some, some whatever base measurement. And you just have kids oh, do so a one, two, three triangle. Gonna do, if I'm going to do carpentry skills with kids, I'm going to have them do that with that fractions. Right? Like, well, that's, that's, that's an irrational number. It's an irrational number. Yeah, I know, but, but that's not a practical application for a lab, right? So if you're yeah, it is. It's you making a strut. Math. Making a strut for a table to hold it up. Make sure the legs don't fall off. Yeah. You know, from wobbling it too hard. That's a practical application. A one, two, three triangle is a very simple triangle. First of all, since we came back and, yeah. and started Drop doing that. full crowds. No way talks. Was that was that you editing us out? No, that was making sure Fox when I came playing out with in the background. And... Oh no, 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 no! Drop all the motherfuckers you want. Um, uh, okay. uh, figuratively, uh, we we do it's not support a, dropping not motherfuckers works. left and right. That's uh, that's not something we're not at that point at this time. So you know, no motherfucker dropping. I will beat a I will beat a motherfucker with another motherfucker, motherfucker. All right, all right. Uh, no, I was making sure to get a link in there to the. Uh, Texas AG thing. We're talking about that where they've uh, sued the uh, uh, Biden administration right. over the vaccine mandate, which unfortunately does not hit our uh, our friend here, but does help out quite a few people and put a total pause on the uh, 100 and over vaccine mandate bullshit they're trying to pull. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> All right, I got to figure this out doesn't why. doesn't sound like it helps black women, indigenous women, and women from visible minorities in mathematics. I'm sure they'll find okay. a way. I'm sure they'll find a way. I'm, I'm sure. You, oh, I'm sure. sorry. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, you mean to say people of majority, people of a global majority? Oh, right. <laughs> that's is that. Uh, is that some sort of context that came in this week that I'm not aware of? Oh yes, sir. That's the newest hot stuff. Let me go ahead and get the link here. It's uh, from a Chinese fella. Let me just drop it in the. Uh, show links for everybody else and I'll just put it in the uh, put it in the staff chat for you here uh, basically um, there's this Chinese guy he's saying uh, that I I don't want to be a person of color which okay racist Ahem. Um, he would rather be a people of the global majority so I, I guess he's just a Chinese uh, Chinese supremacist go figure but I'll have a, a link to the a article I know supremacist yeah, well, unsurprisingly but uh, to quote a line from there, the term people of color centers whiteness, even as it attempts to be an affirming identity label for non-white people. The term perpetuates the pernicious idea that whiteness is the default and white people, therefore, have no particular race. Ahem. Uh. Yeah. So this guy basically mm. just hates white people. <laughs> uh, or, like you it. know, he's fucking with the system that's another possibility never doubt I mean, the ability of us uh, no just never doubt the ability of uh of, of fuckery with the system right like i uh, i had the pleasure of going to the doctor this week trying to get a medical exemption 
Uh, he determined I was too healthy, which is just really unfortunate. Um, in any case, I really tried. I really tried. He should have broken Although your arm again. He, he did. He did concede that. But when I when I presented my documentation, that I actually so he was one of the guys who was on the ER room front line the whole bit for COVID. Yeah, so I understand great. where his perspective comes in. I'm not gonna. I'm, that's gonna be very hard. When I come in and I say I think this is unethical and it's being forced against my will, and he says, "Yeah, but I just sat there and watched a whole bunch of people die," I can actually get where he's coming from. I uh, I totally I totally understand that. Um, but that aside, uh, he did concede that my points uh, are completely legitimate, and when you come at it from a numbers perspective with the documentation that I had, it was very good. But um, nonetheless. No exemption but, uh, for you, yeah. basically. Yeah, no exemption for me. Which that's really that's. Well, balls. actually, no. So I submitted, I submitted my atheist exemption. Not fair. I did submit that. We'll we'll see we'll see how that comes back. Uh, um, maybe if you weren't in New York. But then again, who knows? I uh, it, it's it's not a that, that's not a problem, right? New York New York has no say over federal sites. Ah, fair fair right. point. Yeah, and yep. you do so actually have actually quite a bit you can follow. fall back on on that, and a fair bit of legal recourse, if I'm not mistaken. Um, well, that's that's not the, at the end of the day they 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 are direct under federal oversight, which is a vulnerability, right? Right. So Biden wants us to be vaccine mandated, so Biden sat there and made the request, and we're a federal site, and we kind of fall under that. So the question is, what can he actually do, and what can't he do? Now, they've already done the exploration with the Texas AG saying the OSHA rule is not allowed, and that may actually help the case uh, when it comes to, like, religious exemptions and whatnot, but uh, it is it is incredibly challenging as it goes forward, right? Because, again, I'm, a, I'm an atheist. That doesn't mean I don't have a religion. It just means my religion is secular. My beliefs are devote to secular ideologies, philosophies, premises, all of that stuff. And so, essentially, my uh, my my basis is that I need to have a good argument to do what I do, not just because somebody was upset or feared for their life or whatever. So we're we'll see where that goes, but it's not we're not subject to New York, but we still are subject to Biden, and that's the unfortunate bit of working as a federal contractor is elections have consequences. Yeah. Yeah, indeed they do. Indeed they do. Sometimes yeah, I mean, they're good yeah, consequences. I mean, yeah, I mean, sometimes even if, you know, the election isn't even what was elected, you know. But there's always consequences. <laughs> there are always consequences of some variety or another. Sometimes they're quick. Sometimes they take a while. Oh, I think... Speaking of consequences, you have a uh, wonderful intelligentsia you know, like uh, AOC. Confused. Oh, what's Sandy been up to lately? Confused and, and, and aghast that Congress would pass the infrastructure bill. Oh, that wretched thing? Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. That... Well, you know what I, I love about this is I am sure that if they didn't have the 13 Republicans agreeing to the whole entire thing, oh, that Nancy the would have had her vote for it anyway. Yeah. For it. Like, oh, yeah. like if, the, if the Republicans didn't vote for it, the squad would have voted for it. This is, this is one of the problems that, that you have. Margin. 
Oh yeah, any time that yeah. it comes up that they've actually had a chance to to truly make a difference with their vote, they just kind of shut up and go with it. Like um, there was one thing that was like uh, two billion dollars for no some. This is no different than any other politician, right? Oh, not not even the that. slightest. Not even remotely. Like, I, don't I mean, it's it's par for the fucking I, course. I have I have emailed my rep, who is uh, Stefanik, right, who's a conservative rep, and said, "What the fuck are you doing about the vaccine mandates?" I've heard nothing. So she's all willing to get up there when the TV cameras are rolling. But she doesn't give two shits about actually doing something legitimate uh, when it comes down to actually having to do something legitimate. This, uh, essentially, I'm, I'm relying entirely on Texas and Florida and New Hampshire to pull me out of the fucking fire. That's, that's basically where we are. Yeah, that's rough. Thankfully, you've got, uh, thankfully, at least you're looking on to people that, you know, you, you actually can. You know, it's not like you're saying... Gosh, I sure hope those folks in Ontario come and save me. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, again, and we were talking about this a little bit before Craig so rudely showed up. Um, yes, my the, presence was an affront. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. You should just go back to the little basement hole you live in. Um, the yeah. at the end. <laughs> at the end of the day, right? Like, there's legitimate lawsuits and there's illegitimate lawsuits. And the stuff like the Texas AG lawsuit, that is a legitimate lawsuit. The stuff that was followed, uh, filed by the 19 states, that was a legitimate lawsuit. DeSantis' most recent one against the contractor portion, that's a legitimate lawsuit. When they turn around and they've been sitting there and saying that vaccine mandates are upheld by the courts, it's against these health workers who are coming out with absurd claims just because they don't want to take it. Oh, yeah, and actually, let me, for, well, let me, I'll have you finish, but I want to address that point real quick. But go ahead. I, I, I am all for I am all for people not wanting to do something like I this this has clearly made this is clearly uh, you know kind of etched out for me that Title Seven needs massive reforms because secular religions need to be accounted for and they're not right like people we we should have people who can be conscientious objectors it's not because of God right God does not have to sit there and step in and tell you that this is the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. You can turn around and say, I don't want to do this because I think it's morally wrong. And we need to empower that, especially if the atheist community uh, or all of the other uh, secular religions have worked so very hard to move the needle from a theistic point of view. We need to have non-theistic options for our civil rights. Otherwise, it's questionable whether or not the atheist movement is, is actually beneficial because if we're basically pulling the rug out from underneath people who follow our, our way of life, who follow our belief system, uh, is, it, is it morally righteous if we're basically taking away their rights? Yeah, there is an argument to be made that you are kind of priming these people to fall into the uh, science cult, as it were. That being right. said... And I mean, like... That being said, I mean, there's there's nothing stopping you from walking without crutches. Uh, but the point I was wanting to make there on what you had said specifically about these uh, vaccine mandates and how they've got this big legal backing, that all falls to Jacobson v. Massachusetts in 1905. And the thing about that yep. is that case was resolved. And that case was Jacobson v. Massachusetts, not the United States, well, and it never left it. Massachusetts. It is a single state 
problem with a single well, state solution. Oh, yeah, I went to SCOTUS, that's but only, it affirmed the state's rights to do things. That's it. Right, so that, it was for the individual only, state. That's not entirely true. Right. That's not entirely true, right? Because what was the core center argument of that case was not about whether or not Massachusetts had the right to impose a vaccine mandate. It was whether the individual could avoid the $5 fine, which was roughly equivalent to $150. Well, that's – yeah, that's the point that I was wanting the, to get to. The ruling – Yeah. The ruling is reasonableness, right? right. So it, basically, it, do they have a well, reasonable? They bent over backwards position? to accommodate him, and then he still refused. Right, exactly. Is the idea? Yes. So, 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 if you turn around and the the Supreme Court ruled that yes, a state has the right to sit there and do something, with, and and it, as long as it follows under a reasonableness doctrine. And what would be reasonable? Well, a hundred and fifty dollar fine today, equivalent to what the five dollars was then, was perceived as reasonable, which is not much any worse than a speeding ticket. I mean, yeah, you that's well, that was the this. point I was wanting to get to. It's like, if they really want to put this out there, I'll pay you. I will send you a goddamn five dollar check in the mail if you will shut up. You know, I, I there you will, go. Problem solved. Around and said, Fine. Fine, we're gonna sit there and impose a the equivalent fine today, which is about 150 bucks. Right. And if fair. you don't want to get it, go pay your 150 bucks and be like, all right. Done. Let's go, motherfucker. Show me where I sign on the dotted line. I will do that and uh, I will gladly tell you to fuck off, and when you ask me to do anything, I will show you that my wallet is 150 fucking dollars lighter. That's exactly right. But yeah, that I mean, that's a point that gets lost in that. I mean, it, all that did, it didn't affirm that the state has the right to do this. It affirmed that the state has kind of a right to do this or that if the or that is still reasonable. And in this case, right. and it kind of was. And you know what? Well, that's, that's the case. Like yeah. $150 fine, if I was working a minimum wage job, right, if this was my wife and I back. Well, now that it's $15 know, an hour, that's only 10 hours, man. I mean, I'll I'll go I'll go with the seven bucks an hour, oh right? God. Like I'll go with the seven bucks an hour. If right. this was my wife and I back in 2014, and I was I, I was of the opinion that I am today, we would have made it work, right? We would have we would have found a way to make that money work for me. Now my wife took it already, and she she'd probably have taken it back then. I wouldn't, and and, and even if I was only making seven bucks an hour. That means 20 hours of my labor has to go into avoiding this thing. That's that's half of my freaking work week, right? That that's a lot of a lot of time. It is. It's very valuable time. Sure enough. Well, not all I that valuable if you're minimum wage, but that point still stands. Right. I, I would I would still happily pay that. Yeah. And if they if they implement a fine associated with this, I you know I'm I'm fine with that. I, I and I would have. I would have happily paid the fine, but the reality is, if you go to the pandemic planning scenario, per the CDC, my risk is roughly 1 in 2,000, and I have a manual, my manual at work, which if you go to the appendix associated with the basis for the entire, the entirety of what I have to write into paper, it is that a risk of uh, 0.04%, a lifetime risk of 0.04% associated with radiation risk, uh, is acceptable and you know what the risk is associated with the the um 
the, the, the expected case from uh, the CDC, it's a 0.05% chance risk. That's right? a so, I mean, little bit long, bigger. Little bit. Little bit. All of all of 25% more. But when Whoa, you look at that's table, 25% higher, man. That Well, when you look at it that way, that's an enormous amount. Except when you start talking about things like smoking or... Uh, accidents uh, or stuff like like accidents something well, like so nobody like comes by and it, nobody comes by and infects you with a pack of cigarettes man yeah well that's would that we could all be so lucky but uh, just just to make just to make clear what would be the immediate response to that as an example well i i suppose but at the same time the okay. argument would be that i am voluntarily exposing myself well i'm not i, I don't smoke but uh, I, I <laughs> citizenry has determined that it is acceptable for people to yeah. voluntarily expose themselves to a pack mm. of cigarettes. In much the same way, it is perfectly acceptable, per the numbers, for me to voluntarily expose myself to COVID without the protection of a vaccine, which is like nothing. So, um, and speaking of vaccine, uh, Craig brought up an interesting sorry, point. Let me on... rephrase that. Gene. Oh therapy oh fair 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 well well again speaking on exactly the same point it seems that our friends on sesame street have had uh have had something to say about this now if i'm not mistaken you can't use corporate mascots to sell a product to children i might be wrong i don't know but i think you can't well, sell a you, drug a to there. kids by way of a corporate mascot you're making a mistake there they didn't sell the drug the drug was already purchased by us Okay, fair, fair. But uh, that being said, yeah, it seems that um, I believe I, I believe we can substitute in. I mean, technically, they might be paying for it. Marketing of drug. They might be paying for it, or their grandchildren might be paying for it. I'll I'll but tell you this: it was um, already purchased. <laughs> Jim Henson uh, is rolling over in his grave right now and uh, looking I down on this with uh, with great great disdain. I can only it's imagine. It, it truly is. Yeah, they uh, they basically pulled out Oscar, Big Bird, and Elmo, like your heavy hitters, basically, to say, go out and get your jab, kitties! Get your box! And, uh, yeah, there you go. It's... I got one. If, if Fauci Oscar me to vaccinate, I'll just say Elmo and give him the Big Bird. There you go. Now, was there anything else you were wanting to go? Because I know you have limited time tonight. Was there anything else you were wanting to go over? <laughs> uh, we live in a country. Oh. We do. A country that is a society. Now, I did want to hear more about Rittenhouse, but unfortunately I have a feeling that that's going to take uh, forever. And right now we've got we got like half a case over with. I, I really well, the long this. and short. I mean, it, it, honestly, from from what I've been hearing and from what the I've been reading, the prosecution works for them, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I think I think at the end of the day, the prosecution is actively throwing the case. That's what I think they're doing. Yeah, kind of. Right. Kinda. I think that they were told by a politician oh, they have to try confident. this case, and so they they basically looked at it and said, "Okay, well, this is self defense, and we'll try it as a self defense case." I mean, I mean, just the best part is. Did you test this part of the gun? No. Oh, so then all your testimony is bullshit. Boom. <laughs> Out. <laughs> it could yeah. have only been from him. But did you test the part that he touched? No. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? 
Isn't that a funny thing? And so, yeah, yeah. basically the uh, the case is largely just completely falling apart. But a noteworthy point on that is the lead detective in the case is uh, the nephew of the mayor of Kenosha. And also directly related to, like, four other Democratic uh, operatives and representatives in the state. You don't say. So Mm. I know know that some people are going to highlight that and say, oh, my God, this is super suspicious. But the reality is... We still so so if you talk about going back thousands of years, part of the reason our last names are what they are is they reflected the family traditions that we passed on. The same uh-huh. thing is still true today. My dad was an engineer. I'm an engineer. If I have kids, they'll probably be engineers. Well, you know, right? Like that's as opposed to guilds. You know, you kind of have families which pass down traditions. You know, that's why you have like military families and cop families and such. Right, exactly. Somebody coming in. Go ahead. Okay. I was just say it's it's if you think it'd be very hard for um uh, for a circle of child fuckers to ever procreate. You but, I guess, that, but I mean occasionally I guess occasionally the little girl is gonna be just above that age, isn't she? Hey, you know, that's well, a great segue for a last topic before you get off the uh <laughs> Get off the air with us. Oh, boy. It I, seems I would, that... Uh, I would make the argument oh, that oh. they are not limited to only that that fetish. Okay, that's fair. Well, I mean, you know, they, uh, they get off on all sorts of interesting things. Speaking of, uh, we've had recent confirmation of the much-rumored oh, Ashley God. diary, uh, Ashley Biden, that is to say, her diary. It has recently uh, been confirmed to be true. And there well, are some... It's been confirmed. Either it's been confirmed or a fake has been leaked with some horrible shit in it that is being treated as if it's real. Yeah, Either treated way, if it's it, as if it's real by the highest echelons of federal law enforcement, which lends some seen, like, credulity. One or two pages of that that was questionable. Oh sure, sure, yeah, but I mean, those one or two pages that are questionable are as questionable as a thing could fucking be in the whole face of all of eternity. Agreed, agreed. But at the same time, I think part of the problem you have, and so specifically, let's let's dive into the specifics, right? It talks about things like my dad showering with me and my sexual assaults and, you know, did I ever press memories? It's a, it's a very, um, it looks fairly pensive. It's so I, I actually, I, I, it is, but I would actually say this probably is a diary. If there is a diary, I would say it's probably this. Yeah. Um, that it's... being said, when you start talking about, like, my father showering with me, well, it all depends upon what age she's talking about. Oh, uh, it all right? depends on the shower. Like, and it it frankly, really I'm not does. Sure it's the... <laughs> okay, I'm going to go ahead and kill that joke before it kills me. <laughs> yeah, I mean... yeah. And let, let's just say right now that Craig has no information that could lead to the arrest of anyone associated to any of the Clintons. As my my final words tonight, um, Harambe is hanging out with Elvis. Ah, that's fair. Heroes, wherever that may be, heroes ever, forever. Well, I mean, and that's that's kind of like I I just I don't know I I look at it and I say there's a lot of people who are making hay, and I'm not entirely sure how legitimate that hay is. I'm all for piling on Biden. The guy's an idiot. 
And I have somebody. Hey, is for horses, not donkeys. Damn it. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Just like I have, ivermectin. Uh, I have somebody who I work with who who <laughs> thinks that Biden is doing a great job, which is stunning to everybody well, no, who I mean, talks it, to about it. Actually, that that is true. It depends on how you define job, but you know, if you and define right, job right, as right, being employed to destroy like, America, have, I mean, he's doing a stunning job. We have to be very careful when we deal with modern politics because it's extremely tribalist, right? We we can't turn around and start diving into things that are questionable if uh, you know we're, we're missing context. There there is there is a lot of stuff where people are going to go, oh my god, there's no context for this is appropriate. But I can guarantee you that if you're starting to talk about like showering with your kid, I'm sure that happens with a lot of people when you know you're trying <laughs> to transition them out of the friggin infant tub to like taking a shower on their own so you can lock the door and not sit with them i'm sure that's a thing that actually has to happen and i'm I sure can believe that, that. didn't happen with me because it seems kind of creepy but i mean i'm sure it does happen I, I i've heard sure. of some very very creepy sure. parenting shit i am sure that my mother participated <clears> in that. <throat> i don't know whether i bathed with her per se or that she just sat on the outside but i'm sure that happened Right, like that—that's something that happens. Is where you are with a parent while you're in the bath, and that's predominantly to prevent you yeah. from drowning. So let's be very clear, like how she sits there and frames it, or or what it's being said and how it's being framed. We don't have a lot of context there. It could be perfectly legit. Kind of like there aren't that many copies of the other Biden hard drive. We're not going to see much of that. Um, oh, we really won't see much way. of that. And by the way, if you've got a copy of that, don't tell anyone <laughs> because you have allegedly got some felonies, some big, big, big deal felonies. I, I think I think that if you have a copy of the Biden hard drive, you should, you should post leak it. <laughs> it to the internet anonymously and allow post everybody to download it. Absolutely. And, yep. and make but sure that you have no... No trail going back to you because again, there are felonies on there. If we are to understand the information to be correct, oh, distributions of specific felonies, which are in themselves felonies. Yeah, yeah, like lots, like lots and lots of trouble. But the reason why I say that the uh, that this information has been quote unquote confirmed at this point is that uh, specifically the FBI has raided numerous members of Veritas and uh, specifically today yep. uh, James O'Keefe's home. Oh, so, they got him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this has gone all the way to the top, and James O'Keefe has released a statement. They're not happy with him. Oh, no. They, uh, well, they unofficially so asked him not to say anything. They didn't give him the yeah, actual sealed indictment. So he was like, there, all right, is, fuck you. I'm going to go ahead and talk. basis for this. The basis for this, right, is that James O'Keefe came out when they start for he was not the person who published the journal pieces or the diary pieces. Someone some other organization did. But he turned around and said he knows where they are. Right? So yeah. so they the Veritas is I'm not saying that they're innocent or, or harmed, right? They're journalists doing what journalists do. They acquire information and share it for stuff that is probably relevant to the public domain. But the reason they're raiding Veritas has probably less to do with the conspiratorial side of things and more to do with the fact that James O'Keefe a few days ago came out and said, yeah, we know where it is. 
That is a possibility. Right? All right, like, gentlemen, that's a stupid thing. Fun. He he was an idiot. Yeah, Let's yeah. Take it easy, it Craig. It's way. been uh, good he to talk to you. Moron. And we'll be back with you soon. Oh, Craigles is gone. Yeah, we've lost him. Uh, so you can find him at CraigBob99 on basically everything. And with that said, we've still got more shit to talk about. So if it's good with you, I'm I'm cool to keep going. Ah, uh, that's fine with me. All right, Saturdays cool, are easier, man. I don't have to actually show up to work and deal with, you know, vaccine mandate bullshit. Hey, and maybe in the near future. <laughs> problems disappear. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Right. I, uh, I, I'm still holding out hope that it all goes away. Well, uh, in that note, I dropped something else in the uh, the show ideas. I'll just carry, copy it over to staff chat since we're all already there. But what's happened now is the new... Um, Who's this guy? I think he's the AG elect of uh, Virginia. He's already come out and said that our people want answers as to what happened with the rapes in Loudoun County. And he's going to start an investigation. And this guy was uh, voted in against the will of the party elites. So it's going to get absolutely fascinating to see uh what goes well, on there let's let's start with let's start with actually like fleshing out the controversy so the controversy is a father showed up to a board meeting and claimed that his daughter was well actually let's give a little bit better context to that because that's being a little bit too specific on something that was it it needs some context so let me just go ahead and throw it out there so what's been going on there's been an undercurrent of kind of uh dissent and distrust with the school because people have got this feel that something's up and they've also gotten a taste of how their kids have been taught critical race theory by being able to be exposed to it from them getting their classes online and the parents being able to see it. So there's a little bit of an undercurrent of distrust that's kind of built up over the past year to give a baseline. Now to be specific in this scenario, they're, um, They've been denying that there has been any kind of issue involving any transgender and non-transgender children in their schools and that the only problems have been against transgenders. And they have firmly and flatly denied that there have been any issues of any variety other than bullying of transgender kids. So at this specific meeting, they're uh, meant to talk about a new transgender policy and what they are specifically at this moment saying is there have been no incident. Someone asked the question, well, have there any, have there been any transgender children that have attacked or molested or raped anyone? And they say, absolutely not. And then we have our father, our, uh, our hero in this story, as it were, he stands up and says, no, you fucking liars. My daughter was raped in there. And then they have him arrested and, uh, try to press charges. Now, now, now let's add a little bit more context. Oh, please this, do. Right? Please so do. It's it a little bit more complicated. Oh, it, it doesn't off, stop. For, first off, it does not get to be necessarily a trans kid. That's actually under debate as to whether it's a trans kid or not. Oh, yeah. No, we've got uh, the mother's statements as well, which make things... Oh, they add a whole nother right. layer. So so the girl who, who was quote-unquote raped had a prior sexual relationship with a boy who quote-unquote did the raping. And they previously routinely met in the 
girl's room for sex. So in this case, the purported rape was uh, the, the the boy in this case is claiming that he just just going for sex, and he accidentally stuck it in her ass. That's right? what we're. And that that's was what really we're to understand. What this whole entire thing. That is what we were to understand. So on one hand, you have boy in a skirt sits there and rapes girl, and on the other hand, you say, yeah, no, we were actually meeting there for sex anyways. Okay, actually, let me pause you, because we're going to get a bunch, well, we probably won't, because we have pretty awesome listeners, but in case we don't, uh, boy in a skirt, yes, boy in a skirt, according to his uh, BLM-supporting Antifa mom, with uh, short hair and tattoos and pink and and the rainbow face mask and everything as she came out to say of this girl well maybe she shouldn't have been asking for it i'm paraphrasing mind you but and that that is true the mother has come out and said that basically the daughter's a hoe and that 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 was like this was a routine occurrence for for her kid and the daughter right so now, that means that there are two – these are actually both equally probable things. It is possible that an individual – and this is what conservatives are concerned about – is that a trans individual sat there and used their status to gain access to someone else. Another possibility is that this individual – that the two kids who were in high school together had sex, right? And one of them was wearing a skirt because, well, CRT and all the other bullshit, right? True. Um, and it could just be a weird so, kid. So That's possible. It, it could be. But then again, we look at the mother, I, 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 and I, as I, we know, the apple often does not fall so far from the tree. I'm I'm not going to go out there and say that one one situation is more accurate than the other. From what I understand, the cops sat there and basically got pissed off at the school board. And this is one of the reasons, is because the, the school board was actively doing uh, cover fire. Oh yeah, right. running absolute like they were interference. Suppressing the story, they were they were running cover for the whole entire thing. All of that is bad. The school board should not be doing that, right? They should let the they should they should not be protecting a group of individuals over this whole entire thing. But it does seem, at least on second glance, that it is more complex than what we would like the story to be. Oh yeah, no, it isn't quite as cut and dry. But that being said, in the growing complexities, it hasn't really gotten any better for Loudoun County. It's gotten significantly worse. That's true. Now, for the people involved in and around the event, it's just grown much more complicated and a lot more shades of gray. But for Loudoun County, nah, you fucked up, guys. You fucked up so fucking good that uh, you need to be replaced. Well, and that that's largely happened. And right? let us that's hope that the, that's, uh, that's the, that is the end result. I mean, they're going to be investigated. People are probably going to be arrested, or at the very least, we'll have you know a proper top-down look at things and a shakeup, which is desperately needed. Right. So, so I, I think that that is that is where we should walk away from this whole entire thing and say. Hey, you know the uh, the consequences are being meted out. Um, we don't have all the details. We aren't directly involved, and we should probably, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying don't be angry about what occurred, right? Because no matter what, a sexual assault is a sexual assault. But uh, at the same time, we can also take uh, solace in the fact that it's not as bad as we originally thought. Sure, sure. Now, that being said, 
Don't throw away this tool. Just put it in your tool belt. You might need it later. You know, when, um, well, an old, uh, an old tale is to say that if you've got a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Well, you know, put away the hammer because you might run into another nail on down the line. Now, above and beyond that, we've got, uh, actually, we've got a bunch of stories we can go over. Have you heard about uh, the Wisconsin trial, uh, the Wisconsin election stuff going criminal? Uh, yes, I have, but I'm not super impressed. So Yeah, there's not a lot the to it. Thing, like... It's basically just a referral to their Justice Department to, uh, so, to put so, in some so arrests the, the and do further. Of it yeah. is... They, there's, there's, they have, Wisconsin has a law that says that certain people, only certain people who are certified by the state are allowed to assist other people from voting during, during voting. And in this case, there was a quick rapid change to something that allowed someone other than these specific individuals who are qualified by the state to assist uh, people in voting at a nursing home. They got significantly more votes as a result of it, and by significantly, it means from 10 to 42, right? Like this is – as much as this is a significant gain, and if they did this in multiple other locations, that could be indicative of a problem. Uh, the reality is we're still only talking about 30 votes here. Right. We're not, right? We're not like, talking about something like Maricopa really County in uh, Arizona where we're dealing with like – tens of thousands of votes on a 10,000 vote margin. Right, exactly. We're, we're dealing with, with a handful of votes. Now, should they be prosecuted? Yes. Certainly. Uh, should they, they, they be investigated and prosecuted? Yes. Because everything should be investigated. Because that's the only way that we gain integrity in a system is if we actually... And should they have knowledge of further malfeasance? then perhaps some leniency can be granted so that we can learn more of this other malfeasance. As as that you would, would as you would with any good prosecution or any good, that, you know, correct. investigation. But that is not to say that we have evidence of that. Right? So so that's that's kind of the problem that we have is I I don't see anything here. Um I I was super excited when I saw it. And then it was, you know, people were talking it up, and it's like 30 votes changed, maybe. If, assuming assuming that it was all nefarious, it's like 30 votes. Now, granted, you know, if this, ha again, if this happened multiple times in multiple locations, then that could add up very, very quickly. But it's not this, this landslide that people were hoping for. Oh, and I've got something that I was actually kind of saving specifically for you because I know how you're such a big fan of uh, replicability and uh, psychology in general. So the uh, so the APA has just released something new. It's uh, the role of psychology and the APA in dismantling systemic racism against people of color in the USA. This was released uh, just like a week yeah, and a couple that. days ago. So it's, uh, it's bullshit. I mean, point one, because... It's taken so, another organization and turned them into a tacitly political one. Well, this, so so uh, both Craig and I sat there and reacted months and months ago 
prior to the uh, the November election of last year, right? So I guess it's almost a year ago. Oh sure. Um, on Scientific American taking a stand, and basically our stance was taking a stand for a political candidate is terrible in the sciences. Uh, the same thing is no, it's reprehensible. It's uh, not just terrible. It's like it's it's literally anti-science. It, it, well, it, it's not just anti-science, but it undermines the credibility of all the members associated with that organization. So when you start talking about, oh my God, why are people not taking these gene therapies? Well, part of the reason is because uh, the doctors who were sitting there and purportedly supposed to be your advocates were coming out and supporting Black Lives Matter protests like two weeks after they sat there and came out, uh, you know, arguing that you know everybody. Everybody was coming out to support their actual rights uh, was was in in violation. And oh yeah, by the way, there's no data supporting it and all the other. Yeah, you you can't have this Uh, riot about not wearing masks, but it's totally okay to go out and have this protest and or demonstration about uh, how Black Lives Matter so much. Right. This is this is the fundamental problem. If you are a technical specialist, you need to offer your technical opinion. We can run into groups. I, you know, I, I, I spoke, I think, a little bit earlier. I talked to I talked to my doctor, or who is going to be my doctor going forward. I, I went in for medical exemption. We disagreed. We disagreed on the technical merits, and that's okay. It is acceptable to debate the technical merits of a case one way or the other. It is okay for people to have diff- disagreeing opinions on technical points. It is not okay for technical experts to step into the political domain and operate in the political domain as technical experts. Because as soon as you do, you smear everyone else who's associated with your technical domain with the politics associated with the problem. So so we see the same thing here with the APA. The APA has chosen to weigh in on the culture wars on the side of the left, which isn't a fucking surprise because something like 96% of psych... Uh, professionals. Well, I mean, we look at the last fucking DSM, and it was a horrible mistake. The DSM-6 is retarded. At at the same time, right, they come in and do this. All they're doing is they're further undermining... Their psychologists have a credibility problem. Oh, yeah. They have a legitimate credibility problem. They know they have a credibility problem. This kind of shit is why they have a credibility problem. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I, we've right. talked the about reason. this a lot, actually, and I'm going to say it again. Behaviorism yeah. works. It does. Just fucking does. Deal with it. Cope and seethe. Yep. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I, that, I, I had to get that out that's there. That's what this is. But yeah, it, it no, does. That, that's it just, right, it's like, as simple as that. At the end of the day, it's, it's just... The APA sitting there and setting expectations low, but I mean, it, it. I wish I could turn around and rail against the APA, but they're the APA. They they've already set their expectations low. They've already sat there and screwed themselves in terms of credibility. What the fuck am I supposed to sit there and do? Say, oh yeah, shame on you, APA. Well, they know it. They knew it. They, they knew it from the decades that they've been doing this stuff. Yeah, kind of like it's expecting the SPLC to do something other than make life hard on innocent people. That would be correct. Because <sighs> that's I, what I just I, like. I, I mean, I don't know. There, there's not much else to say there. The APA is a left-wing organization. 
They've chosen to, to decide with left-wing ordeals. They have numerous papers about why this is fucking stupid, and yet they choose to ignore that in favor of a political ideology. All it does is make them political adherents, and as soon as you're a political adherent, your technical perspective is basically ignored. They, they shoot themselves in the foot time after time after time, and, uh, well, you know, that's their choice. Oh, what a beautiful segue. Thank you, sir. Uh, so speaking of shooting yourself in the foot, you remember uh, Fast and Furious, the uh, gun running thing with uh, Obama and Holder? I do indeed. There has been a bit of an update on that, and it's coming from the Mexico side. Some journalists are starting to ask some very, very uncomfortable questions. Basically, they want to know why this happened, because they're finding out that it looks like uh, nobody on the Mexican side knew jack shit about this. So that means this was an op run in entirely from the U.S. side with feasibly no expected or stated end result. So why the hell are you going to run an op like this with no expected end result? I mean, a lot of us have speculated that this was entirely just so that innocent people would get killed with American guns, and then they could pin that on American gun manufacturers and owners and, you know, use that as a, uh, a kind of a chink in the armor of the, uh, of the right and generally oh. human rights-loving peoples. The, the fundamental problem that I see with the, uh, the, the, the Fast and the Furious stuff, right, um, as much as I'm all for the investigations into these things, one of the biggest problems that you have is that this was under the Obama era. Obama's oh, yeah. been gone. He's he's out. Oh, and you've got to know that those guys burned all kinds of paperwork on the way out the door. Whatever, whether they did or not. Like, I mean, even if they didn't, what what's the point, right? Like, you can't, you're not going to be able to hold them accountable. By the time they actually build a case against him, uh, he'll be dead. And that's not because of anything nefarious. That's just literally by the time you go through the Freedom of Information Act request, by the time you actually build a legitimate case against them, there's no accountability. No. And, and I mean, this is this is the same thing when you start talking about the Biden stuff. Assuming, let's say that we prove the wildest accusations of MAGA folks, right, against Biden in the 2020 election. You know what's going to happen before any of that stuff comes to trial? And, and let's say they, they even had an ironclad case proving that Biden orchestrated the whole thing, which would be crazy. Right? Literally crazy. I mean, come on. This By the fucking skin suit full of maggots, people. Come on. all of that evidence and you, you got through all the FOIAs and everything else, there's no, not going to be anything there. So I ask – part of me asks what's the point, right? What are we going to do with this Fast and the Furious thing? This is so far outside of the uh, – the realm of our understanding and handling of this issue that like we're not going to accomplish it well it's actually not so much us that are trying to accomplish anything it's actually the mexicans and they have a case so i'm just going to kind of keep my eye on it and just keep updating because if it really does go somewhere and this ends up in some interesting international sanctions that could be absolutely fascinating but it's a start, you know, it's people at least somewhere finally asking these incredibly uncomfortable questions that have needed to be asked for a long, long time. I mean, I'm, I'm all for them asking the questions. I, I'd love to see it happen. I just, I don't expect anything. 
I, I really don't. Um, you know, it, it, let's say we were on the opposite side of the aisle here, right? And we were we were Democrats and progressives and the rest. Uh, anything that we believed in that, that Trump was guilty of, by the time we actually got it through the courts and could put, pin something on him, he'd be dead too. Right. This is this is kind of the problem that you have, and this is one of the things that I think a lot of politicians count on, is the fact that they can slow walk the shit out of things, and they won't let you see anything unless it's in the best interests of the state. Well, for that very matter, actually, uh, we had the Biden White House just recently shut down the release of further JFK assassination papers. I mean, seriously, it's been how long? <laughs> And we're still shutting this shit down? Yep. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't know. I, I would make the argument that I think the JFK thing is legit. And I think the JFK thing is legit predominantly because they haven't found any actual real evidence that it's not. Um, that being said, like, when you actually deal with government paperwork and retrieving archives and records, it's a massive pain in the ass. I will say there's something incredibly fascinating that was in the last JFK uh, drop, and I don't know why it was there, but uh, it told us the tale of an Austrian painter who moved to uh, South America and then uh, had a farm in Argentina and died of old age in 1988. I mean, mm. I, I don't know if you know the the mention of an austrian painter maybe uh, maybe if i should say that he had a striking and noteworthy mustache that might make the uh might make it more interesting but for some reason the cia knew this and slipped it in there for some reason and i am utterly confused as to why but that race I, I mean, how many so, fucking questions does that raise so 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 i will uh, i will and i'm not going to defend the fbi or cia right my my stance on them is that you know, get the fuck out of my, my space here, right? Well, JFK was right but about the both let of them. Me, let me, let me uh, shed a little light on government documentation because I have some familiarity with it. You have my At condolences point, and my curiosity. 50 years from now, when I am long dead... <laughs> with that attitude, maybe, yeah. 60 years ago. Right? Well, let's, let's just say we're 100 years ago. 100 years from now, right? With when that attitude... Okay. I, I assure you that if there is an investigation into paint chips or any paint chip related items, you will find tons of documents, tons and tons and tons of documents about paint chips. And, and it, it maybe it's one thing that leads into paint chips. Maybe it's something else associated with paint chips, but we have dozens of documents on paint chips and it, it's, you sit there and you go, oh my god, why did they sit there and they follow this Argentinian farmer? It's because the, the way the Federal Archives works is they document everything. Well, Every and I mean, let's be honest, they are going to want to know about the, uh, they are going to want to know about any further paintings this guy gets up to, you know? Sure. But, but it doesn't matter, right? Like, it really, truly doesn't matter. At the end of the day, if he's the subject of the investigation... They're basically going to follow him until the end of uh, until the end of the investigation, right? It, it's not it's not that he was actually like totally legitimately the guy. It's the same thing as our paint chips. They just it's part of what they do. 
they they have sure. somebody who gets assigned to the paint chip team and the person on the paint chip team is probably the guy on the argentinian farmer team right they're just there it was part of the the web and they paid some guy to follow him and so the guy followed him and you say oh well why did they follow this guy well they probably followed a thousand other people who were really really boring and mundane and so you get this one guy who does this really kind of cool thing, like move to Argentina, Argentina and become a farmer. Yeah, okay, that's noteworthy. But how many of the other people that were, that were involved in this were like, hey, Joe Schmo went to the supermarket today? <laughs> Does that mean that it freaking matters? No, it's just, you know, that's what happens. Yeah, fair, we, fair. we keep and track and record every useless piece of information we have in the hopes that it maybe benefits the future generation in evaluating these contexts. The problem that you run into with government documentation is that, of course, by the time it becomes practical and relevant, it's too hard to retrieve in a timely manner, right? And this is, this is true across the board. So you end up sitting there and basically inventing things from scratch. It is it is a vicious cycle, and once you're when you deal with government documentation, that's just the way it is. It, it's it's needlessly bureaucratic. You roll your eyes at the whole entire thing. It's incredibly stupid, and then you get somebody out of the corner of your eyes coming in and saying, "Oh my God, look at this guy in Argentina who's a farmer." And you're like, "Yeah, that's that's just like this document I have over here about paint chips, right?" Like to those in the know, I'm sure they're laughing at the people who are highlighting the Argentinian. I imagine. But, uh, you know, on the on the specific note of needlessly bureaucratic eye rolling, um, I'm I'd like to extend my condolences to the fully uh, vaccinated, you know, full full line of treatment. uh, L.A. Mayor Garcetti, who has uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, come down with covid, you know, despite that full vaccination. That's very sad to hear. And of course, uh, let's let us also, you know, circle back and give also our condolences to Jen Psaki and, you know, her as well for being fully vaccinated and, you know, uh, acquiring the uh, the COVID virus that, you know, Joe Biden told us that was uh, completely protected against by the vaccine. So, again, our condolences to them and their families. Mm. I know that's that's very sad. Yes, indeed. Isn't it? You know, it makes you cry. Hello. It is. It is extremely sad that uh, all of these people got sick by something that you know they kind of expected to get sick by. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's like uh, you go outside and the sky is blue or something. Jesus, who who could imagine such a such a frightful thing? Oh, speaking of frightful, uh, oh, this is so good. This is so fucking good. Do you hear about the uh, new um, the new guy in Jersey? Uh, what was it? He's on the legislature. Uh, the truck driver. The yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so fucking good. Okay, so he raised like ten thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, put out a couple of chintzy kind of cheesy advertisements, and one, which is great, like down home dude that was uh, denied his concealed carry permit and is just fed up with New Jersey bullshit. Is like, all right, well, I'm going to go ahead and go out there and fix it. So he raises 10 grand and everybody's out here saying he only spent $153. Guess what? He spent $153 at Dunkin' Donuts and like the other $60 he spent on flyers. And the Dunkin' Donuts one for him, it was to feed his staff and all the good folks that helped in uh, putting out signs and getting out the word. So uh, 
congratulations, New Jersey, and congratulations, um, uh, congratulations, Representative Durr. I I imagine you're going to do a great job. It really is good to get blue collar people that know what it's like on the ground with real people into these positions. I mean, as funny as it is, that aside, this is really who you want doing these things. People that are in touch. Yes, it is. And understand intrinsically because they've been there and they've lived that. So that's well, that's going to be great. I think, I think the upside is this is this is this is what I think it should be. So if you go back to the original founding of the nation, the original founding of the nation was not supposed to be an army of fucking lawyers, which you go through like the list of Congress people. It's you know three engineers and the rest of them fucking lawyers. Uh, it wasn't supposed to be that. It was supposed to be, uh, you know, normal normal everyday people. And uh, by the way, they turned around and they changed the sessions up so that you would have time to go represent your people, but then you'd go back and you go work your farm. It was never supposed to be a full time job. Oh yeah, no, that is an it really wasn't. That, that is a more recent abomination. Well. Much like the personhood that's been given to corporations, actually, as well. A corporation was never meant to be what it is today for that right, very same exactly. So, you know, so idea. You, start, you start talking about this original thing. It, the whole point, when you go into some of the, the, far, the, the, the Founding Fathers' dialogue, they didn't want a nation run by a whole bunch of senators from Yale and Harvard. Right, they wanted your average farmer to show up and say, "Hey, all the farmers in my region need us to, you know, not sit there and tax corn this year because it's been a shitty year for corn." That's what they need. Oh, and yeah. we've only recently moved into this. Hey, these people are gonna just buy us stuff for free on other people's dime, and that's a problem. Yeah. Keynesian economics and modern monetary theory are uh, cancer. Period. That's all. They are indeed. They're, they're just that's it. They're cancer. They should be avoided and cut out of modern society. Yes, they should. Yes, they should. But that's that's the way it is. Oh, yeah, truly. Now, what's the other thing that recently happened that's? Uh... Oh, okay. The yeah, I'll just uh, put a copy of the media release from the Wisconsin thing. Yeah, as we were saying, there's not really a lot there, but eh, you know, we'll see if something comes of it. But we've kind of gone over that already. Now we do have uh, kind of some good news. I don't know uh, how well you follow the West Coast garbage because a lot of it's garbage, but the LA County Sheriff has basically just come out and said not only. Am I not firing a single goddamn officer or putting him on paid leave or any of your dumb bullshit for your vaccine goddamn garbage? He's not even going to enforce any vaccine mandates at all in public. So the L.A. County Sheriff, uh, I, bravo. I don't know if anybody had the pleasure of watching the YouTube presentation that he did, but he did a great job with it. The only question that he stumbled with in the entire presentation, he swatted these journalists back. During the Q&A period, the only question that I saw him have trouble with was what happens, why Why is this any different than any other law? And uh, and he kind of he gave a standard political answer at that, but basically 
when you start talking about what he was defending, he was basically pointing out that half of some of these. So, so he was pointing out that that uh, the entire department gets put at risk, right? Because something like half of the detectives uh, are eligible for retirement, and if this goes through, they haven't submitted their vaccine paperwork and they might retire. And by the way, we're we're facing the same thing. Or we're 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 dealing with is there's a lot of people who are older who have special schedules for their retirement, and they're saying, oh yeah, you know, we can uh, we're we're just going to leave. Uh, uh, if once it hits January, right? We don't want to deal with this anymore. We're just going to take our pensions and walk out the fucking door. And this is this more is power the problem that you're seeing in a lot of these government organizations. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, there's a lot of what ends up happening if you work for the government. And as much as I'm a libertarian and I am inherently uh, minarchist in my, my mindset, when you work for the government, you feel very firmly that you are working for what's essentially a higher purpose, right? You you accept that uh, – like I get paid pretty well, but um, you accept that you're not going to get paid as well as you can on the outside, but you're going to get – in return, you're going to get better life balance, work-life balance. You're going to serve uh, you know, essentially the next generation in, in the work that you do and what you build. And, and so you get a lot of meaning out of it. As soon as the federal government comes in and starts imposing these rules, that like that aspirational aspect of your job. Oh, yeah, they suck the joy right out. They, 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 I don't want to call it joy. I don't want to okay, call well, it that's joy. not necessarily the best. It's a uh, higher calling. Yeah, well. Right. They, they, they suck the, 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 if the federal government. They suck the soul out of it. Shithead. Yes. Yeah. They, they suck the whole purpose for your being there. Right. You know, when, when I'm, I'm, I'm defending the, the, what I believe to be the world's best Navy, right. With the work that I do, even if it's minor and basically taking out the trash, you still feel that you're part of that organization. you still feel that you're protecting the, the rights of individuals, the freedom and that, that whole entire premise and, and principle. And so you're willing to accept slightly lower pay. Uh, in exchange for the fact that you feel good about what you're doing every day, you go to work. Somebody comes in and all of a sudden starts doing things that are vehemently against that tradition, and now you no longer feel quite about as good about what you're doing. Now you you realize that you're just taking out the trash, right? It's that kind of stuff, oh, right? Sure. Uh, so you start talking about the LA the LA officer, the LA sheriff. There, he basically turns around and he's dealing with the same thing there. You're talking about when you start talking about cops. As much as I don't particularly like cops, um, uh, at, I also understand that we need people who are willing to walk into the pile of shit of human beings that are produced with every generation and basically keep them from the rest of us, keep them from dragging the rest of us down into nothing. Yeah, so basically, we don't have a high enough trust society, or a dangerous enough society to regulate these things. So someone has to do the work. Period. Someone has to do that. Yeah. Yep. We could either have everybody be a vigilante with a gun or we can offload all of that responsibility to a neutral third party and they can handle everything for us. And that's what we do. And the people who do that job, like it's a job that I, I, I straight up, I don't think I, I would be capable of. I'm a, I'm a very capable individual, but I don't think I could handle a cop's work. Well, especially right. not today. I, I mean, a cop today. Despise cops. No, not a fan at all. But you know what? I, 
over 2020, I had the misfortune of having to uh, stand up for them on numerous occasions. And as much as I yep. dislike doing so, I I would do so again, you know, because they weren't in the yep. wrong. And it bothers me now yep. even to say that. But that's just the way it is. And I'm not going to lie about this shit just to get my point across or just to make some that's stupid exactly fucking right. gay point because there's no there's no need for that. And we need a society that functions. And even though I do like that first option you mentioned quite well, and I can neither confirm nor deny that I have a New York carry, there is, that's not for everyone. There is a happy medium where there's somebody that's like, hey, I kind of don't like weapons and don't want to carry one. Okay, well, for you, there's cops. Mind you, when you need a cop, they're minutes away. But... You know, at least you've got that well, option. Think, think about this. Think about it from another another perspective, right? Uh, prevention is uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? Cops go out and they have the resources and tasks, and by having this independent third party, it's not just the the onesie twosie dispute that they're resolving. They're keeping you safe because they're preemptively dealing with people who would otherwise harm you. Right. And even if they're not preemptively dealing with the people, they are dealing with the people that do these things. So it's it's right. like, okay, yeah, maybe you'll get away with it today. Maybe you'll get away with it tomorrow. Maybe you'll get away with it all year. Yeah. But somebody is coming. Somebody is yeah. looking. And that's, that, is, that is a valuable thing in a society because it allows us to grow and evolve and all the other stuff. Now you start talking about taking away the the organization like as soon as you you get councils and organizations that step in and say well that's too bad you're gonna sit there and we're gonna be an authoritarian we're gonna intervene in your medical decisions well that that changes your calculus about how you feel about the organization that you serve and i don't think that a lot of folks kept that into like for me for me i'm looking and i'm looking not because i want to look because i don't um, I would I would far rather uh, continue doing what I'm doing because I, I feel proud of what I do. But if I have to work under the boot of the federal government, you better believe that I'm going to be gone soon. And that's kind of what's happening there. So the L.A. sheriff turns around and says, well, you know, basically half of the people who are detectives haven't submitted their paperwork yet. And I'm not willing to lose half of my goddamn homicide squad because I'm not willing to take a 50, you know, whatever, whatever solve rate we have on, on murders and rapes and robberies and cut that by half all because the board of supervisors wants to fill a political obligation, right? That's, that's fucking stupid. So he came out and he basically talked about this and it was a great press conference. Like I really do recommend people, people go watch him because he's he's honorable and he's very very uh pointed and he shows the numbers and he walks through the slide he answers the questions pretty well um all of that is 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 very well done um and so for him to come out and say yeah he's not gonna not gonna actually enforce it that's not really a surprise because when he walked out there it was pretty clear that he was probably not gonna enforce it simply because by enforcing it He's basically putting the entire uh, county of Los Angeles at risk. Indeed. Indeed. And, uh, I mean, that's that's largely, uh, it's, it's kind of undeniable. You know, you look at all these defund the police operations, and 
every single one of them at this point now today, even in the most progressive of places, uh, fucking sh- fucking uh, Mayor Wheeler himself is like, I need money for the cops. Like, you son of a bitch. Just uh, last year you were saying, we got to we gotta defund these evil police. And, uh, you know, even though you were getting spit on and punched in the face by Antifa and BLM, you were still out there demonstrating with these people about, oh, they're so right, even though they spit in my face and, and punched me and, and said that, I, you know, I could drown on a thousand gallons of male semen. And, you know, it's just, it is what it is. And you go out there and you, uh, you act a fool. And now you're back out there acting a fool again. Just this time, like, hey, I was wrong. I, uh, I, I do need a couple billion to, to fund the police because that was a really stupid idea. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's yeah. just that's just a, a perfect example to, to have Ted Wheeler out there actually coming back on this. But every place that has that went through with these defund the police actions, other than, I think, a few municipalities in California have completely turned around and have put more money back into their police departments. Mm. I Well, most of them have, except I think one or two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's basically everybody's com- done a complete 180 on their positions, as you would expect. Yep. Which I isn't mean, really a surprise. Yeah, right? not at all. And speaking of unsurprising, thanks for that awesome segue, man. You are just a million dollars tonight. Uh, the Pentagon has I, a watchdog group that uh, went ahead and did an investigation to find out about those drone strikes we, uh, we've we talked about uh, in the last, well, during the uh, <clears throat> withdrawal <clears throat> from Afghanistan. They, um, they found that actually the Pentagon did nothing wrong. So the Pentagon watchdog group. They investigated the Pentagon, and uh, those Pentagon employees found that the other Pentagon employees were totally in the right to kill that uh, family and those nine kids. And that other guy who was not associated. Yeah. Isn't that great? Well, you know, never uh, never leave it to a bureaucratic organization to doubt itself, because it won't. Oh. Um, Oh, never. and I mean, so 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 here's the difficult part, right? And this is, I think, the challenge. On one hand, if you if you turn around and you start poking holes in people's judgments on things that are difficult judgments, and there's always always an opportunity to poke holes in a judgment after you make a decision, uh, then you're you're basically going to tie people's hands and, and prevent them from making decisions. So I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an example from from where I do. I created a gamma spectroscopy device for you know some incestuous object counting right that's what we did um i created this whole entire group of people i wrote the the whole procedure it's something they've decided they, they really want to do i saved in uh in one day in my my whole entire thing i've saved uh, all of the work that i've done into this thing i've saved more than than double my salary in one job just from utilizing this thing so they decided to pull this for an audit. They could have. They wrote they, they along with like twenty other documents, right? Every other document had three to ten comments apiece. Mine had none, right? You want to know why mine had none? Is it because mine was a perfect document? I am sure it was not. Uh, but at the same time, if you come in to people who are making difficult decisions and you punish them for making the decision that they thought was correct, that was in line with what you were asking them to do, um, 
then you're just basically going to stall the whole process. So when we sit there and we say, oh my god, why did they do this terrible thing? Sometimes people make mistakes. And that's that's the reality of the situation. But at the same time, you know, when you come in and you have to criticize it, you're going to have to find no fault. Then, and that's going to be based on, you know, the interviews that they did with people that are going to say, hey, you know, this is what I was thinking. This was my basis. This is the information that I had at the time. And, and I assure you that there are tons of these discussions that happen all the time. And they'll they'll provide that stuff. And they'll say, at the time, this was the right call. Now, are there stuff that we find out that is horribly the wrong call? Yes, absolutely. Is it all associated with Anthony Fauci? No, but everything that is associated with Anthony Fauci does fall under that categorization. Yes. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There, there are mistakes that, that are, are readily apparent that, that the whole bit. Sure. But I think that when you start talking about like pointing the finger and finding blame, uh, I suspect that you're more likely to run into a situation where people made a mistake and uh, they had a really good basis for their mistake and there won't be corrective action because if you correct people who had a really strong basis in the decision that they made, then you're basically opening yourself up to failure in the future. And it, 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 that's tough to hear. That's really tough to hear. That's really tough to turn around and tell somebody who's in pain because their, you know, their husband and their kids died, right? That's, that's a shitty position to be in. But it's also the realistic because when we sit there and we, we, we take the 30,000 foot view, um, we're not, we're not getting the eye, the, the eye is on the ground perspective on this whole thing. So as much as I, uh, as much as it's kind of a shame that it all happened and you're like, okay, we've got to figure out how we don't have this happen again. A lot of times what you're going to find is they are going to sit there and say, you know, we're going to have to back our personnel because they didn't just, they didn't just sit down one day and flip a coin and say, should we fire the missile or not? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, this is kind of pre-Biden, so, of course, they weren't just flipping coins at that point. Oh, uh, uh, on a... Well, uh, you know, they just give him, they give him his letter blocks, and he spells out what he wants. Right, right, right. Well, you know, it's either a sniff or uh, two ice cream cones, or... That's right. I don't know, a Chicago hot dog or a cheese pizza, or who knows what. I mean, he's probably got all sorts of interesting tastes. Uh, do you uh, see the um, updates with uh, Fauci coming in for another round of questioning? Uh, I did not. Yes. Uh, this was actually just uh, four or five days ago. And uh, this is after the update of the uh, NIH to, uh, what is it, to change the definition of vaccine, to change the definition of gain of function, and to change the definition of herd immunity. So uh, Rand Paul just absolutely excoriated him and uh, just just tore him right apart. And, of course, Fauci, being the slimy snake that he is, he really just kind of, he was like, well, you know, I don't specifically remember this, and that's a bad categorization of that. But, you know, it's, it's good to finally see him I, getting called out on this. And, I mean, this man should be on trial, to say the least. I, I won't lie. I won't lie. When I submitted my religious exemption, which is for an atheist religious exemption, uh, my religious exemption did specifically cite that the CDC would not have qualified these vaccines as vaccines prior to 2015, and they wouldn't have considered them vaccines prior to September of 2021. 
right? This is a completely new definition. Well, and, above and beyond. Uh, in order to make them fit that category. Yeah. Well, and strictly uh, speaking on your point, they're, okay, you've got community. The actual, like, FDA-approved vaccine vaccine, if we want to call it that. But that's the one. That's the brand name thing. Got a copyright next to it. It's approved. It's good to use. If you use it and you get sick, you can sue them. You can't get it. You can't get that in the United States. It's not available. The only thing that is available in the United States is one emergency use authorization treatment or another that's it that's all well, you've got and, and when we start talking about why is it that why do we have this kind of ridiculous uh nomenclature and the answer is because the difference between Comirnaty, right and uh and the eua drug is quality in the lab is that enough for someone like me to say oh yeah well i would take it if it was this and that no obviously but at the same time, that is that is a pretty clear distinction when it comes to these vaccines. It's the quality control associated with approved products versus uh, emergency use products. Emergency use products, you do not need to meet the same purity standards as you do for uh, commercial licenses. Oh, sure. I mean, by their very nature, it's an emergency youth authorization to uh, to battle an ongoing pandemic. So, yeah, you're going to do everything in your power to fight it. Now, as we've gotten answers That's to correct. these questions and the situations become more complicated and we understand just how it's not maybe as deadly as we were led to believe that we're not making adequate adjustments to how we're handling ourselves now, despite our newest understanding and our most up-to-date science. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's and that's unacceptable. If we're going to be doing this based on the science, we need to base this on the most up-to-date science and the best information we have. And I mean, strictly to the point, there's no vaccine today. Vaccine, vax, DNA modification tool, whatever. There is not one that exists today for the Lambda strain or the Delta strain. If they do, they're in a laboratory being developed right now. The only thing you can get is a tool that was designed for the wild type and the alpha strain. And that's it. And that was actually that was actually a point that I was raised to my doctor when he turned around and he said, well, I believe that the vaccines are a good thing and I believe you should take them. Well, yeah, maybe if we maybe if it was 2020, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And my response was, well. Yeah, we're in a pandemic, and the the treatment that you're proposing only was valid for the the original strain and the other thing, and they've been extinct in the wild for almost a year. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like saying, okay, well, um, you're you're any kid in America about to go to school, and they're like, all right, we're gonna need to give you your polio vaccine. Like, I'm sorry, we don't have polio in the U.S. Well, nonetheless, you're gonna have to get it for your health. But we don't yep. have polio. It's not a thing here. It's like, oh, it's like saying, well, but we've got COVID nineteen. Yeah, we've got COVID nineteen asterisk. We don't have COVID nineteen anymore. If you find a strain of that of the fucking wild type or the alpha, or maybe even the fucking beta strain, whatever, that's uh, you're fucking lucky, or you're in a laboratory. Period. Mm-hmm. Like those things are gone. 
That's not here anymore. It's like complaining about the kind of fucking fuel economy that a Model T gets today. Like, whoop the motherfucking do. It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with anything now. Like, uh... Um, That's correct. Like, so much of our... Like, like the EPA being turned into a political cudgel as opposed to something that could do some fucking good. Well, and I, I think at the end of the day, I, I had a whole bunch of Twitter discussions in the last week where somebody's like, well, let's compare... Let You know, I was trying to explain to them how risk analysis works. Risk analysis is based on what we do in terms of the... Uh, you know, like our risk versus commonly accepted risks. We don't turn around and take our risk versus another alternative scenario uh, that's low, slightly lower risk. We evaluate it in terms of overall life risks as to whether or not we should do something or not. Uh, and that's not to say that we can't choose that other scenario, but basically there's there's a threshold at which we say, okay, this is voluntary, this is not. And the guy was sitting there inciting things like, uh, you know, gun violence for infants versus cancer death for infants. And you're like, well, that doesn't fucking matter. Like, that's taking one arbitrary thing and one other arbitrary thing. Both of them are tragic events for sure. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we will sit there and actually take active intervention in either case because ultimately we're going to evaluate that in the greater course of, like, what's the child's likelihood of survival, Right. So if it's not a, even if you have X number of deaths uh, from one versus the other, that's not how we handle things. We don't turn around and just take category A and category B and compare them because otherwise it's just fucking nonsense. Well, more often and than so not, too, those are apples to oranges comparisons. A lot of times, yeah, um, but we don't. We just don't do that, and that's that's one of the problems that we run into here. Oh, sure, sure. And let me see here. I've got a couple other things we could go over, but I mean, there's just so there's there's always so much. But this one's oh, this one's good. Did you um did you see the? You may not have seen the interview, but did you catch the section where uh, uh, Jennifer Granholm was on Bloomberg and they were talking about um, uh, what was it the uh, oil situation and everything? I did not. Okay, well. It's, uh, I'll copy the link and just throw it in for you so you can check it out at your leisure. And I'll just summarize for everybody that's, uh, listening at home. So Jennifer Granholm was on with, uh, ah, fuck, I can't remember his name. He's the guy with the long nose and the fancy glasses and the bow tie. But either way, um, the situations, uh, placed her like, okay, we've got all these problems, we're we're facing gas at prices that we haven't seen in almost a decade. Uh, what's your plan to address this energy problem? How are we going to get more energy production in the U.S.? And she laughs. She laughs, and I believe she says, would that I could do something about that. You're the energy secretary, lady. You could get the uh, Keystone Pipeline going again. We could get back to fracking in any of the national reserves again. We've got the whole, that giant fucking uh, Anwar reserve that has got probably yep. one of the largest reserves of energy in the world. I mean, we could we could be going back to where we were this time last year. 
an energy well, that's net true, exporter. Again, you know, this is this is the elections have consequences for so, mm -hmm. so the issue that you have is that instead of coming up with a clear and coherent strategy to transfer to a zero emissions future, which I am in favor of as much as I, I am opposed to climate change. Yeah, I don't, I do I don't actually have are... a problem with that. I like the environment. I'd right. like it to be good, and I like clean air. How crazy is that, right? Right. And, and, and sitting there, sitting there, like, I, I understand the value of fossil fuels. I, I, I really do. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we've talked about this specifically. Well, yep. well, the thing about this, too, is, you know, there's a really good argument to not use fossil fuels. And that is that we're burning feedstocks like we can make that, some really, true. really dope shit using petrochemicals, some dope shit. And we can do we, it fast. All of all of that is true. So there's there's good reasons across the board to to switch to cleaner technologies. Sure. But they aren't advocating for any of those cleaner technologies. No. So when you start talking about this, that, like we need we need to run full bore with all the energy that we have, and then we turn around and we do something like, okay, well you got to sit there and you need to sit there and start bleeding in one percent hydrogen per lines for the next twenty years, right? And then all of a sudden, 20 years from now, we'll have significantly cleaner fuels because some portion of the fuels at the onset and at the creation and before they're fed into the pipeline will have been converted up converted to hydrogen and we'll be burning that, right? It'll be slightly more expensive, but it'll be minimally more expensive the entire time and we will not well, have Well, and also, you know, once you build in more. that infrastructure to make that happen, cost, cost decreases yep. because, you know, you've got processes in Whoa. place that... You know, the economy of scale allows you to do things differently than you would on a small scale. Right. And, and you can bleed in hydrogen up to about 20% without significantly requiring major equipment overhauls. Anything more than 20%, you have to start updating your, you know, everybody's home heater furnaces and the pipelines and all the other stuff. But we haven't chosen to do that. Instead, what we've said is, well, if we just keep it in the ground, that'll be great for everybody. And we'll just buy it from overseas. And that'll make it really expensive, and then everybody will change. And that's not that that is fundamentally problematic. So we could turn around, and we could have this. Like I would be okay with paying a little bit more for my energy if it was cleaner, right? Like I'm okay with that idea. I don't have a problem with that idea. But a little bit more is one percent hydrogen influx per year, which is costs more, but it wouldn't be very much. And over the next twenty years, it would just be like a minor increase. Sitting there and doing this Joe Biden shit where all of a sudden you have your fuel costs go up, you know, 50% to 100% in the first year, that's a problem, right? Especially after you're coming in from their lower point there. Uh, and I mean, like, these are, these are kind of the minor changes that you have. And like you said, once you got going, that would just be like it wouldn't cost you any more to get it going. It's oh, just yeah. that upfront cost. So you bleed that in over 20 years. And this is never even minding the fact that any that. standard internal combustion engine, at least any standard, uh, not just internal combustion, any standard fuel-injected internal combustion engine can, with minor, very minor, as, as minor as making it flex fuel, you can make it liquid hydrogen co uh, capable. Yes, you can. Uh, and, I mean, it's as simple as that. Yep. And this can be done with any uh, I mean, any internal combustion engine. This is this is so you could keep American energy at peak levels and peak output and have cheap gas and cheap everything 
and you'd have like this minor increase in overall cost. And this is also without bearing in mind any of the uh, consequences. Right, right. Yeah, no, we could right now be... uh, I imagine you're probably familiar. It was a GMO algae that uh, was able to basically make a biopetrol. Yeah, no, that doesn't actually work. Well, it doesn't now, but I no. mean, you know. So they, adver- they they advertise it. They, so here's the problem that you have, right? Yeah. So the algae that they're they're proposing, the algae proposing is a a hyper hyper lipid type algae. So it basically produces a shitload more fats than other types of algae. And okay. then when you sit there and you uh, when you cryo freeze it, it would lice, and so you just basically get these cell particulate matters that could wash out with this huge amount of hydrocarbon fuel, and that was what was supposed to happen. The only problem is the uh, algae that sits there and takes its time, effort, and energy combining CO2 and oxygen and, and, and water into longer chain, longer chain lipids is not as efficient as its counterpart that does not do such extended processes and just basically replicates. So if you put the algae in favorable conditions to grow the algae, what ends up happening is the hyperlipid strain basically loses out over a period of time to a non-hyperlipid strain. So, well, in that case, you say, oh, well, let's just sit there and breed a pure hyperlipid strain, and that's the only thing that's going to come in there, and we're going to do everything in our power to just keep the hyperlipid strain. Well, the thing is that uh, single-celled cultures very, very rapidly evolve. So you put them in the same context, and within, like, by the time you get to scale-up operations, it will almost entirely have been replaced by a non-hyperlipid uh, algae. And so you, you end up never actually hitting the theoretical thresholds that you should so hit. So long and short, basically... We're just technologically not there. We'd have to basically build no, it, a biological not, machine and lock it in. Thing. Well, no, well, it, it kind of is, but a, the way I describe, though, to to say that we would have to build a yes. a very specific biological machine as opposed to genetically engineer this thing, because then it could further you, change you on could, its own. The, the problem that you're going to have is anytime you have self-replicating organisms, which is what you want... Right. Uh, they're automatically going to evolve for optimum conditions, and optimum Fair conditions enough. is not hyperlipid production. Fair enough. So now so that not to say that that process couldn't be made into something, we just kind of aren't there. You could, and the money you hasn't could, been thrown at it. This is all pretty new stuff. I suppose. I I don't think I don't think it's technically feasible. Like biodiesel and all those other things from algae is is a theoretical, yeah, we can make this work, but not a practical, we can make this work at certain price ranges that are affordable. Now that said, that's that's, that's more the biopetrol thing. Biodiesel is actually very feasible, and I mean, people are doing that today. They, they can make it, but they can't make it cheap. No, true, so, true. So, so they are they are extremely subsidized, right? There is literally all the money that is thrown at them and they still can't make it uh, cost effective. No, not really. I mean, the only way you can really do it is to use oil that's already been made that would otherwise be destroyed. And that being said, that's a great use for it. It absolutely is. You can drive your car around smelling like French fries. (laughs) That's cool. But, you know, you're, 
you're part of a recycling process then as opposed to using a, a product developed in and of its own. Really. That's correct. Which, that's, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. That's a great thing to do if you're using a product that was otherwise just going to be destroyed and using it to create energy. Oh, that's great. You're doing absolutely, absolutely. the right thing. Mm-hmm. But it, that was that was one of the things when we started when you deal with like the certain technologies. There's a lot of stuff that gets overhyped, and biofuels was one of them. Uh, you can absolutely do fuel recycle. That's that's totally feasible. Uh, a lot of times, if you are willing to go through and modify your car or truck, you can actually go sit there and find local local places that will give you their used oil for free because otherwise they have to pay to have it hauled away. Uh, and all you got to do is run it through a quick filter, and you're ready to go. Yeah. Um, all of that's true. It's definitely a real thing. But in terms of American energy independence, elections have consequences, people. And the consequences are you pay fifty percent more at the pump. Yeah, so so for um that strong I, I think I've heard it's thirty percent. So that strong thirty percent of you uh fifty nine million that have said yes, I absolutely would not have been a part of that fifty nine million. Well, if you'd have made that decision then, there'd have been, uh, there's only so much you can invent out of whole cloth and sell. Because once you invent so much and try to sell it, the weight just becomes a little bit too heavy to believe. And we're already straining credulity, so we really couldn't have strained it much farther. But you didn't. And as the man says, elections have consequences. And I'm kind of wanting to wrap up, but I've got to, I like to end as as we do on a good note when able and I've got a really cool good note and I don't know if you've seen this because this is like some, some pretty brand new stuff but uh, NASA is going to crash something into an asteroid not for science or anything yes for science but to move it for the obvious purpose of moving an asteroid to save our asses so we're doing it the uh, NASA Planetary Defense uh, Force is going to be working to uh, try and figure out how we can uh, save our asses. It's pretty cool, right? Like this is something we've needed hmm. needed to do for a long time. Like this is this is the big danger, and it, it we're we're finally addressing it. The big danger. I mean, so so the problem you have when you start talking about asteroid defense, right? It sounds really easy, except for the fact that space is really big and oh, it it's is. not really as cool as like. Oh, and it's moving really fast too. In an atmosphere, yeah, it is. But so let's say we launched a missile at an asteroid, and you turn around and you detonate that missile. And that sounds really cool. We've blown up the asteroid. Well, on in in an atmospheric condition, we've basically aerosolized all these particles, and they just kind of float around and condense out of the atmosphere. In the case of, uh, you know, in the case of a meteor or an asteroid, it just basically obliterates the asteroid into finer chunks, and then they all rain upon us and, and cause all kinds of fiery doom. Like nothing's actually changed, nothing's uh, nothing's obliterated, nothing becomes non-hazardous. It just becomes a larger impact area with smaller micrometeorites striking everything. So no matter what, you're basically screwed. Um, so, so planetary defense is, is very, very important, and it's actually very, very challenging. There's been a couple different proposals associated with this. One was the gravity tractor, uh, where we would basically cause a deflection in the orbit of an asteroid long before it ever hit the Earth. Um, the other is to sit there and basically sit there and have a kinetic impact, which would deviate it from the course far enough out. 
And so this is probably more preferable because realistically, well, this when is very feasible. Threatening Earth gets detected. It's going to be a lot closer than we really want it to be. Well, and two. as much as people are concerned about climate change, I am far more concerned about our detection capabilities, given the amount of space that we have to physically observe and the luminosity of the asteroids that are potentially out there. Right. Well, that too. We can also point to uh, an unfortunate incident with a scientist who had an, a perfectly fucking fine shirt that I rather liked, I'll have you know, that uh, landed a satellite on a fucking asteroid moving at an ungodly rate of speed in the middle of fucking, in the middle of a damn vacuum. That's astounding. That is breathtaking. We've done this. So now it's just a matter of perfecting the process. And yes, this poor scientist with his pretty classy shirt, let's be honest, I got a lot of shit for that t-shirt and had to, uh, sorry, button-up shirt and had to apologize for it. And he never should have. And that is systematic. And that systematic issue needs to be addressed. We need to get these awful fucking people out of science and make science awesome again. There you go. There's a there's a slogan. Right? Because science is fucking cool. We don't need to be like, the science is great! Also, uh, for every flavor of ice cream, there's a flavor of sexuality. Or my name is Bill Nye. That's exactly right. Rightio. So, yeah. With that, hey, I mean, if you're listening to this, then you're taking the right steps. So, hey, please, share this with your friends. We're trying to get real science out there. And um, I don't know, just share it. I had, I'll be honest, this uh, this whole thing had a little bit of a different blueprint uh, when we started about a year ago. And, well, the world changed. And so, if you're a reasonable person, you kind of change with it, and you do what you need to to get by, and, well, people need this information more than they need the esoteric, so maybe when things are a little bit less insane, we'll get a little bit more into the esoteric. But for now, we'll uh, try and keep... The difficulty with esoteric stuff is we need to always have pragmatic stuff up front, and that is always the conflict that you have. Do you spend well, it really is. I mean... About. Well, that's that's where we are. I mean, there's too much that yeah. needs discussing for uh, for us to spend time on uh, the extraneous. Not to say the extraneous doesn't have value, but until I can bring something in from uh, you know way outside of the field that is of value, there's it just isn't of value. Sadly, uh, sadly to say. That's correct. So you know, it uh, we. We basically stick to the hard and fast for now. And with that, I'm Evan at that fake guy Dan everywhere except Facebook because robot lizards are weird. And if you got any questions for me, send them my way. If you got any ideas for the show, again, send them my way. If you want to get on the Discord and uh, just chat and help out with things or just chat for whatever reason, send a request my way. And uh, anything for you, sir? Uh, no, I'm, I'm good for right now. All right, well, you can look him up at Ratman720 most places. Not super active on social media, but depending on, uh, you know, how this next uh, time goes, who knows, maybe maybe we'll see uh, Steve spending a lot of time on social media. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, hope, we'll hope not, we'll hope not, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. But either way, 
Thanks for listening in. If you've got anything for us, get in touch with any one of us. And, you know, we'll try and answer your questions, address your concerns, or address your ideas if you've got something that uh, might be useful. So thanks for listening, watching, and tuning in. See you soon.